Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. You know, it's a great start to any day, but why should it be limited to the people of Oklahoma? What I say to you, friend, is that any day can be a beautiful morning if you begin it with cereal. Hello, my name is Justin McElroy, and I'm a cereal enthusiast. And my name is Dan Goubert, and I can be a cereal's best friend or its worst enemy. Welcome to The Empty Bowl. It's a meditative podcast about cereal. My friend Dan and I are going to tell you about some cereal news, some cereal reviews, and uh, we'll cut loose after that, have a bit of fun. Um, But there's been a lot of uh, holiday-themed news that I'm excited to talk about. First, though, listener, I would encourage you to relax and allow yourself to just set your mind on cereal. If you're going to sleep, have a good one. Uh, and uh, for everyone else, let's uh, let's chat about the the new goodness of grains that uh, is headed our way. Uh, so, Justin, a question: Do you recall the most lazy holiday cereal of all? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, I can only estimate from that that it, you are talking about uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer himself. Yes, the holiday classic film, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, a modern super in the contemporary Vogue film, is getting its own cereal, finally. It's interesting that we're seeing, much like the Elf cereal, these, like, really old movies that are suddenly being brought back in cereal form. The only problem being that, like, at least the Elf cereal had the forethought to you know, pick a flavoring scheme that was relevant to, you know, the interests of the movie characters, I guess. This one's kind of just, they they call it a hot cocoa cereal, which like... Oh, this really, guy, y'all have to stop with this. This is what, the third hot cocoa cereal? I believe this is the fourth. There's hot cocoa, cocoa puffs, there was the elf on the shelf hot cocoa cereal, and there was also a Trader Joe's hot cocoa. Oh, my God. I, th- I think Trader Joe's cereals are non-canonical, but <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. It's like, oxymoronically, how can you call it a hot cocoa cereal if you're going to be pouring cold milk into it? It's just the most, like, obvious rebranding of the same chocolate cereals. Like, in this case especially, this Rudolph cereal, they're meant to be little reindeer pieces, but... Anyone who knows their seasonal cereal salt can recognize the brown Reese's Puffs bunnies when they see them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. it, it is kind of clever that they were able to, you know, pass off bunny ears conceivably <laughs> as antlers. It's so. Oh, Dan, that hadn't occurred to me. You said it. That's so great. And then you know they just got some pretty generic marshmallows there are red spheres which i guess can probably be ornaments there's green trees and based on the box art alone i can't really tell what these blue ones are supposed to be but you know it's probably just another Um, shape that they had oh you know what i I wonder if they're um abominable snowmen maybe they're bumbles (laughs) i mean amorphous snowmen maybe maybe. i'm being very generous here (laughs) because i can't they look like blue obelisks. They look like blue Illuminati. 
Illuminati symbols. Yeah, I don't I even know why they felt they needed to throw in a third marshmallow color at that point. But like, yeah, it's not really a Christmas classic. Yeah, they you know they just slapped the Rudolph on the box. I'm I'm curious what the back back of the box looks like, but overall, <laughs> it's just Rudolph's face again, but like closer up, so he's closer <laughs> to you every time you turn the box. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll try this one for completionism's sake, but hopes are low. You know what you're getting. Yeah. This next one, though, Dan, this is so in my... uh, This, this I'm excited for. This is good. Yeah, this one just, the news of it dropped very recently. There was no hype about it, but people are already spotting it at Target stores. It is, well, I guess you could call them avatar frosted flakes but really on the box the word frosted is sort of scratched over with the word pandora so yes we're calling these pandora flakes i we must that is what tony asks of us (laughs) so it's a new frosted flakes variety to promote the upcoming avatar movie which i guess is that finally coming out reasonably soon i kind of think so and and also the first avatar has just been re reissued in theaters ah yeah so Basically, this new cereal is just Frosted Flakes, but they threw in these blueberry-flavored Blue Moon puff pieces. And, you know, I guess I kind of wish they would make the actual Frosted Flakes blueberry-flavored, too. Maybe they did. It's kind of hard to tell. But what really grips me is just the box art here, because this almost seems uh, parallel to the recent Star Wars Frosted Flakes that we saw, where... Instead of actually putting any characters from the movie on the box, they're just kind of dressing up Tony the Tiger to look like he is part of that cinematic universe. And he looks pretty badass in this one. He seems like he's he on a mission. Awesome. He's got this like spectral galactic bandana on. And I don't know, it could make me believe that he's actually in the movie just by looking at it. This is this is this is what this is what this show is for. This this is why I get out of bed every morning <laughs> to record Empty Bowl. We only release about one fourteenth of the episodes we record. We do one every day. This is why we do it because Dan, I mean, from uh, one the cereal itself. I don't know what these blue moons are, but it's different, right? It's mm-hmm. new. They kind of look like crunch berries. Maybe it's impossible to say. That's thrilling. I don't know what those are going to taste like. Also, Avatar flakes. Like Avatar made is, has a cereal and it's called Pandora flakes, and that's excellent. And then they put. Tiny the Tiger and Avatar, which someone on Earth, at least someone, maybe many someones, were like, wait a minute, Tony the Tiger and Avatar. That's my kink. I found it. I'm so, I did it. This is it. I've been looking so long, but it's Tony the Tiger and Pandora um, hanging out with the Navi. I think this cereal looks fantastic. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about the audacity of it because this is what we ask for people, right? <laughs> Isn't it weirder to make a weird Pandora no, flick totally cereal and put it. Tony in Pandora? And especially making him look like he's on the cover of a new Far Cry game, too. <laughs> oh, I want that game. Far Growl. <laughs> My only holdup is that when you put the phrase Blue Moon on a cereal box, I'm going to hope it tastes like Blue Moon ice cream, but I kind of doubt that. Yeah. Maybe for the next Avatar sequel cereal. Uh, what else is happening in, in the, the world of cereal, Dan? Uh, so we have a trio of cinnamon news coming at you right here. Uh, okay. First is a new collab between Kellogg's and Coffee Mate where they are releasing a brown sugar cinnamon flavored Pop-Tarts coffee creamer. 
Which, like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is another one of those cases where this flavor of coffee creamer already existed, but if you put a giant photorealistic Pop-Tart on the bottle, it's going to turn some heads. So, I don't know. I mean, the brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart is pretty iconic. I guess it makes sense to translate it into a coffee creamer more so than, like, a strawberry or wild berry, but I'm not convinced this will be treading any significant new ground, you know? Yeah. Uh, keeping it going with the cinnamon momentum. Yes. We also had a big announcement, big for some reason, from Kellogg's to- that Cinnabon cereal is returning after an apparent, like, six-year hiatus. And this is one of those... demand for that? Yeah, okay. So this is one of those cases where I never even noticed it was gone. I right. liked Cinnabon cereal when I tried it, but I've personally felt that it has been made obsolete by other superior cinnamon cereals, particularly the uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch rolls that came out recently. To me... Cinnabon cereal is pretty, the pieces are pretty big and airy, so they're not super flavor dense compared to the Toast Crunch Rolls, which are very small, dense, packed with flavor. And like you said, were people really clamoring for this? Because when I got the PR release from Kellogg's, they're like, uh, in response to fan feedback and a Mm. fan petition, which they linked me to. And if you look at this petition, only 26 people have signed it 26 double digits and like it's crazy to me that i'm supposed to believe that they listened to this petition when there are other standing petitions like the bring back oat flour and the monster cereal 542 people have signed that one and then kellogg's in particular there's the change rice krispies treat cereal back to the way it was petition which has almost 19,000 signatures yeah, so please don't act like you're lit. You Googled and saw that. Like, well, I guess some people want it back. I don't know. They had a, they have a, had an overabundance of Cinemonium 17 or whatever <laughs> chemical they used to make it. Oh, <laughs> they had man. to put it back on shelves. They just acted like it's fan demand. Because the alternative, Dan, I mean, the alternative that is like fans or fan ambivalence to the return right. of the cereal. And you can't announce it to that. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. We'll see this one come back and then probably go away again for a while and it's just the way the wiser. Uh and finally in our trilogy of cinnamon here, we have an Australian exclusive cereal, which is definitely a rarity it seems like. Uh where they are getting over down under, over yonder, cinnamon donut fruit loops, which like I get that they're loops, but it seems kind of strange to have fruit and cinnamon on the same box if, ostensibly, there's not going to be any fruit involved. I get the idea of just using this mascot that you have and the fact that he's associated with loops to put him on the box and, you know, get people to notice it that way, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be able to taste this one. Cinnamon, I feel like, is the and, and I, I, this would be interesting to talk about on its own sometime. But I feel like cinnamon has the widest variance of like it's it it, it, it it's such a grab bag. You know, you mm-hmm. you have like a the the cinnamon sugar flavor of like cinnamon toast crunch. There's you know the healthier alternatives that are really more of like a light dusting, like we saw with that like um, Sesame Street cereal. Um, I just feel like the spice level, all that stuff, is like really hard to nail. But if you do, it's obviously fantastic. But yeah, it's interesting, too, because 
I've known from experience that Fruit Loops in every other country besides the U.S. taste very different. They taste a yep. lot more naturally fruity. So I'm in. I am a little bit interested to see how something like cinnamon might also take that approach. Like, I don't know. Will this approach Cinefuego levels of peppery, sharp cinnamon? Who's to say? And I'll. On the Cinefuego note, too, I have to point out that, like, I posted a very honest review on my blog about how I didn't like it. And someone commented that, like, well, why would you review this if you knew you didn't like hot cinnamon candies? Why wouldn't you give it to somebody else who could be more honest about it? And it's like, do you think I could, I, I'd let everyone in my life try this cereal and no <laughs> one liked it. Like, I feel like the odds of, I have friends in real life, but, and yet I have no friends who could give a positive opinion on Cinefuego. This is the exact so. same experience I had. I, I, I made probably eight different people try it. Not a single person could tolerate it. Yeah. Not for lack of trying. Um, yeah. Um, have you tried anything that you do like, Dan? So I finally got to try Nutty Buddy cereal. The latest Still in never the seen this one. Little Debbie saga. I think it's only starting to roll out on shelves pretty soon. I got the like an early sample of it from Kellogg's and nice. I think I can confidently say this is the best little Debbie cereal so far. Low bar. So it is a very low bar. We had the oatmeal cream pies cereal which like it was good. It was a good like cinnamony molassesy cereal, but it didn't really taste like an oatmeal cream pie. And then there was Cosmic Brownie cereal, which was just a huge disappointment because it just tasted like, you know, the same chocolate cocoa cereal that Rudolph's cereal will taste like. Um, But now we have Nutty Buddy cereal, which like at first I was worried it would just be like a Reese's Puffs clone. But I am proud to say that it takes a very different approach to chocolate and peanut butter that is gastronomically distinct. First of all, what this cereal has over Reese's Puffs is that while Reese's Puffs is a very, very corny cereal, Nutty Buddy cereal does not contain any corn ingredients, instead using a hearty blend of wheat, rice, and oat flours. So it gives it a nice crunch and a very neutral, earthy base, and sort of the flavor they layer up upon that. It's kind of hard to discern. At first I thought it was more peanut buttery than chocolatey, but hmm. as I continue through the box, I think I'm starting to get the chocolate more and more. And what I will say is that it doesn't necessarily taste like a Nutty Buddy. First of all, obviously we accept that you're not going to have all the rich layers of decadence of a real snack cake in a breakfast cereal. Yes. Nutty Buddy is a triumph of texture, if nothing else. You've got thin wafers, you've got a little crisp from the uh, cookie and the chocolate and robing, and then you know the layers of peanut butter in there it is is a it, it, the texture is the star that you're that's gonna be tough to nail mm-hmm. i think the texture comes close especially in milk at melding that creaminess and waferiness but taste wise it, it it took me a while to pinpoint it but it reminds me of like butterfinger candies more than anything where you've got almost this like butterscotchy peanut butter that's like really it almost escapes words, but it's toasted. It's really like toasted peanut butteriness and a roasted chocolate on top of that, if there's any meaningful difference between toasted and roasted. But the only thing that was a little bit of a drawback is that I think this was kind of like a flash-in-the-pan flavoring where you bite mm-hmm. into it and you're hit with a burst of this peanut butter chocolatey goodness. 
but as you chew it, it very quickly fades, and you're left with sort of just this this nothingness in your mouth that you still have to, you know, finish chewing and swallow. So it's good if you're a peanut butter and or chocolate cereal fan looking for something that's a little different than what you're used to. I think you'll enjoy this, but I can't really see myself buying it. Maybe I'll buy it exactly one more time, but definitely not more than twice total. Okay. It's very specific. Anything else? So we also, I also tried the, the latest in the Monster Cereal spin-off saga, which yeah. in this case are Frankenberry's Strawberry Scream, as well as Booberry's Boo Blueberry Yoplait Yogurts. So what is your experience with Trix Yogurt? Uh, I was never a yogurt kid growing up, so I never ate Trix Yogurt or any other yogurt. Oh, man, I definitely adored Trix Yogurt. And, you know, for a while it was in my mind as like, oh, I can't get this anymore. It's not around. But apparently it's been back on shelves. Uh, Again, after like a five-year hiatus, I guess, it came back at the start of 2021 last year. And yet I just never bought it or tried it again because I feel like, much like Oreo Cakesters, which recently came back that I also didn't try, I'm almost afraid that if I try them again, they will not live up to the great, like, grade school cafeteria memories that I have of them. But, of course, having Frankenberry and Booberry put on these yogurt packages because, like, first of all, when Trix Yogurt returned, it came back in strawberry and berry flavors. And so it's pretty obvious that these yogurts are just, you know, the Trix Rabbit wearing monster cereal masks, so to speak. So they are mm-hmm. the exact same product, I'm convinced. And they're both really good still. Like, they taste exactly how I remember them tasting, but they also, like, are bittersweet uh, reminders of the the trappings of age <laughs> because, like, they're so sweet to the point where I can't necessarily handle them with my adult taste buds. They are so small, the cups are, that, you know, it just makes me feel so large and most of all, I feel I almost lack the imagination to discern the layers of flavor that are folded tightly together within these extremely ambiguous fruit flavors. Like, mm-hmm. words escape me that calling them strawberry or blueberry feels both inaccurate and almost offensive to actual strawberries <laughs> to the fruit. and blueberries. <laughs> because these are just more like, I don't know, I think... If I'm going to describe it like my younger self might, uh, the Frankenberry one tastes like if you mixed a Kirby with a Jigglypuff. And <laughs> the blue one kind of tastes like, or the Booberry one rather, tastes like an electric grape mixed with like a Blackberry phone's imagination and approximation of what a real Blackberry might taste like. <laughs> so very tasty. Kids will definitely love these, but like as an adult... It's not necessarily substantial enough for me, you know. What about the uh, these monster cereal figures uh, figurines? Are they substantial enough for you? I mean, they definitely have solid, tangible form, and if I were to eat them, they would sit in my stomach very heavily. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, the cause in the monster cereal family of brands remind you that these are not ingestible <laughs> figurines. <laughs> it would be interesting to have cause of death on my my death certificate, though. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the cause monster cereal promo we've talked about before, you can enter proofs of purchases at 
causemonsters.com for a chance to win these little figurines. A pretty good chance, mind you, because they picked like 100,000 winners. And I think the official prizes aren't shipping out until the start of the year, of next year, so you still have a chance to enter. But I'm pretty sure I got these as a PR promo and early sampling of them. They weren't really I did as well. That. Oh, nice. Um, so what do you think of them? They're adorable. I mean, I love these little guys. I love I love physical manifestations of the monsters. I, I think the monster serials, the, the iconography of those... Um, I feel like the cause thing is is a little bit like forced, um, but that could just be because I'm an old man and don't really enjoy. Well, he's older than me, so what do I know? You know, I don't I don't enjoy his work very much, so that <laughs> the co-branding feels forced. But I do. I think the toys are cute. They feel like serial toys, like they feel like serial prizes from when I was younger, and I I appreciate that about them. Very true. That is funny that you mentioned the being older thing, because I think I've mentioned before how I'm in this Facebook group for, like, cereal box and prize collectors. Uh-huh. And the audience there skews a lot older than my typical, like, Twitter blog and our podcast audiences, for sure. Yeah. And people in that group are furious about the cause promo. Really? They take every opportunity they can to dump on the XIs and say how much they hate them and, like... I get it in some sense that like I'd probably be less willing to put the cause boxes on display in my house versus like classic monster cereal boxes. But at the same time, it's really, really not hurting anybody. And it's a very silly thing to be super upset. I feel like about, especially when, you know, when's the last time we've actually gotten physical premiums like this from a monster cereals promo. There've been way worse monster serial years in the past so i'm definitely willing to take this as a sign of hopefully better things to come here's hoping um we uh <laughs> in one of our uh less lucid moments last episode we asked what cereal would be a good name for a child why we uh did this i do not recall but i would love to share your answers with you now on our program Hello. My submission for a serial name that you can name your child is actually for twins. Frank and Barry. Hi, Dan and Justin. This is Ellie, she, her. And my idea for a serial-based name for your child is Craved. Like David, but with Crave. Hi, Dan and Justin. This is Nick from Texas. When it comes to naming a child after a cereal, you could go the straightforward route with something like Golden Graham. Other cereals may be better to leave as a nickname or shortening. Kiki or Kendrick could be shortened to Kix, Tracy or Trixie to Trix, and Samantha or Seymour to S'mores. Some options get a bit more complicated. Lucretia Charmaine or Lucas Charles could go by Lucky Charms, Francesca Lupe or Fritzy Lupita could go by Fruit Loops. Colette Christine could go by Cocoa Krispies, but that might be a bit much. Lastly, if you want to hide an Easter egg where no one will ever suspect it, you could name a child Barry Murphy Thompson as an ode to Blueberry Muffin Tops. Side note, maybe don't name your child Product 19 or Weetabix. Thanks for the podcast. Wow. 
uh, kind of all over the map there, <laughs> y'all. Uh, congratulations to you. Uh, you met that uh, question with the exact level of dignity <laughs> and the thought that it required. Yeah, another good answer that I heard from my friend Kristen was Kashi as a name. And I would legitimately make that like a middle name for a child. It's so good. It's really good. Uh, Raisin Bran Stark. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, have you uh, have you seen Dan and in, in, uh, this trend where this is sort of tapping into this whole conversation about cereal boxes, where regular cereals are just getting like tie-in boxes, like uh, sort of like um, you know that's the draw is that they just look like they like they have this art influence. Have you have you been seeing this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely an emerging and growing trend. I think it might be good that even though, like, I feel like we're not going to be the most positive about this for a show that's meant to be calming and relaxing. But if we can mm -hmm. candidly discuss uh, what seems to be a growing trend, I think it will help you know, orient our readers to the landscape of the serial market to come, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, where, yeah, the cause is a great example of, like, collabs in, in the breakfast cereal aisle and you know the more i think about it it seems like it's only something that general mills specifically is doing like reese's puffs was kind of the start of it all where they had lil yachty's reese's puffs and travis scott's reese's puffs the collector's value of which in particular i doubt has aged particularly well um, <laughs> but they also had cause reese's puffs too and now they're doing another one, which is Ambush Reese's Puffs. And this case okay. in particular is like, I've never heard of Ambush before. And have a lot of people heard of Ambush before? I mean, I I know I'm not the right person for any of this. So I try to like choose my choose my place because I, I, I really, I, I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's uh, a Tokyo-based, originally an experimental jewelry brand that now does a lot of just collabs with different big brands like Nike and such. And right. they're dropping this Ambush Reese's Puffs box, which is ostensibly just normal Reese's Puffs, but they put all these futuristic, vapor-wavy elements on it. And I guess the creative inspiration was that this is supposed to show what the future of breakfast holds okay. um, I guess that seems like a pretty cool future for breakfast uh, yeah. but to me it's like they've kind of abandoned any premise that serial marketing is for kids anymore huh yeah like, what kid is going to have any idea of what this is beyond just a cool looking box you just know that there's going to be a lot of scalpers who hoard these boxes as they have with the previous limited edition Reese's Puffs, and they'll try to resell them on Facebook Marketplace for ridiculous quantities, and no one will buy them, and you know General Mills won't really care about that because they still got their money. And it right. just seems like it's taking a lot of the fun and purpose out of cereal if you're turning it into a collector's item, especially one that no one's going to end up wanting. And this Ambush Reese's Buffs uh, releases in tandem, basically, with another special limited edition Spider-Man Cinnamon Toast Crunch box, which I guess they're limiting to 1,962 boxes. Oh. Uh, 
And, you know, this is something Cinnamon Toast Crunch has done a couple times in the past, too, where they had, like, the limited Jurassic Park boxes, and they had the limited SpongeBob boxes as well. And, like, it'd be one thing if it were, like, the Reese's Puffs, where this is just appearing on shelves next to a normal box, and you can just buy it like you would any other. But they're making this a Walmart exclusive that costs $10 a box, with the only really added value that one it's kind of a pretty box and two i guess you can fold out the box to reveal a little miniature comic book which like i don't overall i just hope that this is not the direction that every serial company is going to go to all the time i just wish like box art is certainly a big part of what makes serial appealing but if it's only it's the only thing you do and like the the generic option is right next to it on shelves then it just kind of seems like a lack of in, imagination you know it's hard it, it it for me my opposition is very practical i am a lot of times shopping with my children so i may have one pass at the cereal aisle if i slow down too much they'll grab whatever they can reach so I really have to do a very thorough, efficient scan as I'm walking the aisle. And uh, if I see a Spider-Man Toast Crunch, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go and look at it. And that you've just wasted time in my scan. This isn't a new... It's just, I True. don't care about boxes. I never have. Um, I only care about um, like the, the eating of cereal. Um, so so that is, my, that is my main opposition to it. I am also not... It kind of reminds me of NFTs, <laughs> and oh, I know that it's not a one-to-one, but like the idea of almost anything that you designate as a collectible from the moment you put it on sale is kind of a sucker's bet, mm-hmm. because you know you, you the reason some and I doubt there's much of a market for secondary market for cereal boxes, you know, for the entirety of the market, but whenever there's this sort of like cash in like this will be worth something someday. You saw it with comics a lot. I mean, this reminds me of the, um, the number of variant covers that Marvel and DC used to issue for big events just on this, the basis of like people collect comics. So they're going to want to buy all of them. Um, you know, it's just, it's just flash. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, move the needle much for me. Yeah, and you know they're going to put this $10 box uh, promptly within reach of any children's hands in the cereal aisle. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, this is, we need less of $10 Spider-Man boxes and more ridiculous Tony the Tiger Pandora flakes. That is my my summation of what I hope for from the the future of cereal. Um, Thanks for listening to our show. I hope you have enjoyed it. Um, Dan, who else do do we owe gratitude to? We'd like to thank Chris Zabriskie for our opening theme of The Sun is Scheduled to Come Out Tomorrow, Bria Davis for doing our amazing podcast branding, as well as M. Loper and Samuel Rarden for designing our Empty Bowl merch. Oh, and also, if you would like to support our show, you can contribute a, a small monthly donation on our Anchor page. You can donate a dollar, five dollar, up to ten dollars a month, any amount that you're able to give. We are beyond grateful. Uh, half of that money goes towards keeping my blog seriously up and running. The other half goes to a local food pantry in Justin's area of West Virginia. Another way you can support the show is to leave a review on iTunes. I know they don't 
call it iTunes anymore, but that's what I call it. Or you could simply just tell a friend about it if you enjoyed the program. Tell a friend, a family member, whoever's shopping next to you in the cereal aisle maybe. Just spread the good word. We would really appreciate it. Um, I would like to try something new this this episode, Dan. I'd like to close close with a uh, quote from Mark Twain, if I could. Go for it. Um, and Mark Twain says, Don't forget to drink the milk. It's my favorite one of his quotes. Well, what, what book was that from? It's from a one act, a one a one one person stage show. Twain Unleashed. I wrote it. I wrote it. The Adventures of Frankenberry Finn. <laughs>